everybody, and welcome to the all-new Geek Actually podcast, episode 7. This week, we are all about AI with Alex Garland's new film, Ex Machina. We also discuss warp speed, the future of electricity, and what we... we what, yeah, start again, and what you <laughs> should do with your loved one's ashes. This is the all-new Geek Actually podcast, the podcast about nothing and everything filtered through the geek perspective. I'm Dave McVeigh, and I'm joined by David Longo. How are we're you, Dave? We're back. <laughs> we, we, we did warn you we were taking last week off because of the live show. We didn't mm-hmm. have time to record, but yes, we're back. And uh, this week we saw, just to bury the lead slightly, we saw an um, exceptional film. And we'll come Mm. back and we'll talk about that in a little while. This week we're actually going to, and I know we say this every week and we don't, but this week we are going to try and abridge the show just a little bit because we are starting very late because we had to do an impromptu reset up in the studio. We shuffle danced our way to new computers. Yes, if you remember the last episode, and we cut some of it out, but if you remember the last episode, we were having trouble opening things on the PC because it's an old decrepit thing. So we've replaced that temporarily with an old decrepit Mac. I've gone to a new resolution. And you've gone to a new resolution. And uh, what, like a New Year's resolution? (laughs) My new resolution is 4K. (laughs) If only it was 4K. I would love it if it was 4K. By the way, 888K. Not to get too deep into it because we don't just. We don't need to, but I got my watch. <laughs> it is a sexy thing. It is a sexy thing. So, yes, and I, I like my watch. If you follow me on Facebook, you would have seen the picture of me going, mm. it's here. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I like, got to wear it, and it was just magic. Yeah, actually. no, it, it's pretty magic. I like my watch a lot, and I'm enjoying it greatly. Oh, look at the time. Okay. I, think, I think if you're skeptical about the Apple Watch like I was, I'd suggest trying it on yeah, and look, seeing it for, in person. And head down it. and it's, actually try one on and just mm. see what you think, because it is quite pretty pretty yeah, um and, and, nice. and seduced me so what can i tell you uh but i'm a fanboy so mm. you know that's and i'm broke <laughs> <laughs> so am i now <laughs> i don't no. understand why you had to get that gold one <laughs> really- so, you know, why not <laughs> no you bought two the gold one's only for a special occasion i had, I had the gold and the rose gold <laughs> no but uh no no i do like my watch a lot <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. So uh, this week we're not, we're going to, as I say, we're bridging. So we don't have all the sections this week. Uh, we do have a little bit of news. Once again, brought to us by Delta Knight, our researcher. He's brought us some things. And the first thing I wanted to talk about very quickly was Netflix. Because two weeks ago, when we actually did the last show, mm-hmm. you'll remember that we talked about the Netflix tax. They were actually, the, the federal government was trying to impose a tax mm-hmm. uh, on purchases overseas under $1,000. At the moment, those are exempt from uh, GST. Apparently, this is extending out to STEAM now. Now. Well, exactly. Steam, purchases mm. from Amazon, mm. that sort of stuff. Apparently it is at this point, and it's been nicknamed the Netflix tax, mm. um, but it, apparently it's stalled. So at this point oh. in time, it's stalled for the federal budget. So yes. stay tuned, watch this space. And you know, it's funny because- Take that, Joe Hockey. <laughs> well, not just Joe Hockey. The person, <laughs> who was actually, person who was actually pushing for this was Jerry Harvey, if you remember. Mm, that's because, right. Because of course, yeah. he doesn't have a vested interest in this at all, running one of the major retailers <laughs> in Australia. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Um, I, I, I just want to, uh, for those who are listening at home and who listen to uh, Podcast Pillow Fort, uh, apparently- Apparently, uh, not apparently, that's the wrong word entirely. Uh, sorry, it's getting late and I'm tired. Oh, by the way, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out yes. there in the world. Yes, hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, what was I going to say? I've completely lost track of what I was going to say now. Oh, yes, I got a tweet. Jerry Harvey. I, no, no, I got, I got a, <laughs> unrelated to that. I actually got a tweet uh, from one of our listeners, and his name escapes me. I do apologize. He knows who he is. But he listened to our interview on Podcast Pillow for ah. 
And he actually asked how I came to Australia. Oh. Um, and basically said that would be interesting because yeah. he was saying, you know. America. On a boat called the Pequod. <laughs> <laughs> we rode from California. No. Um, I came out here originally. We migrated in 1969 because my grandmother is from Tasmania. That's mm. basically how we came out. She was a war bride. Mm. And uh, so I came out here as a, as a baby. I was 18 months old. Mm. And uh, I've been back many times. That's why the accent and so forth. But anyway, so yeah, we came out here because we did have a connection to Australia. It wasn't yeah. like we just went... <laughs> I feel like going to Australia today. <laughs> Drop me off here. <laughs> this looks like a nice place. Uh, but yes, no, my, my, my grandmother was Australian, mm. so that's what brought me out here. Anyway, let's talk about uh, going back to that Netflix tax. In related news, uh, our federal government is is still striking hot. You remember the uh, site blocking bill that they're actually bringing in where they're going to start blocking sites, uh, things like torrenting sites mm-hmm. and what have you. And everybody goes, well, you just use a VPN because if you use a VPN, uh, there'll be no problems. Well, uh, Gizmodo actually reports uh, that the site blocking bill may actually include some VPNs. So mm. they're actually now looking at uh, VPNs, which ones are being used for businesses, which ones are just being used for the purposes of this sort of thing. So stay tuned. We will keep up on this. At this point, uh, we don't know much. All we know is that they are looking into the VPN situation as well. Because we live so far away from the rest of the world, the best thing to do is to actually block us off completely. Yeah, so, just to ostracize us completely. Completely. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're not at the asshole end of the world, but we're yeah. very close to it. <laughs> we're, the, we're the taint. Yeah. We're the taint of the world. <laughs> oh, dear. That, that, uh, that uh, raises all sorts of interesting visions, doesn't it? All right. I wanted to move on That's to right. this one. If, if you rub us the right way, we'll, um, we'll, we'll be quite... Good in the, in the world. You know? <laughs> I wanted to move us on to this story, though, because this is for those who have listened to me long enough, you know that I don't trust near field communication very much. Okay. Near field communication is what makes things like PayPass and stuff possible. And I've said for a very long time that the problem with these sort of technologies is that let's say you've got a whole bunch of PayPass cards in your wallet and somebody has a skimmer in mm. their pocket and they brush against you in a crowd. They could literally just lift a hundred bucks yeah. off of a card without you even thinking about it. Well, to take that one step further, this article, which came, hello, what the hell's all that? Oh, there you go. Uh, this article came uh, up on Gizmodo, and once again, Delta Knight found this. And a security expert decided to, his name was Seth Wall, uh, decided to uh, pay somebody to implant in his hand uh, a tracker, which is normally used for agricultural cattle. The idea was to see if he could actually use it to hack near-field communication stuff. And apparently it works very, very well. Wow. So just inside his hand is a skimmer that he can actually then connect to near-field communication stuff. It is uh, really, really scary. According to his quote that says, this implanted chip can bypass pretty much any security measures that are in place at this point, and he's going to be showing proof of that basically at a uh, hack conference. So he's, uh, stay tuned once again, we're going to wait to find out what his results are. Apparently his biggest target at this point is Android phones. Uh, using the chip to actually attack Android phones, which have near-field communication chips. He's a cyborg now, attacking the Androids. Yeah, and there's a picture on this article. So if you follow our show notes, which are at geekactually.com, you can actually see how small the little tracker implant was. It was tiny. It's like that... Delivery chip in Futurama. (laughs) Basically, it's just to put a near-field antenna into his hand is all it's really done. So that he can just wave his hand past you and... Take all your information. Very nice. Thank you very much. This is why I don't trust near-field communication very much. (coughs) Excuse me. But the most exciting piece of tech news. No, I take that back. The second most exciting (laughs) piece of tech news this week. 
uh, was from I think I know the from top Tesla. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can see the notes, I've, can't I've, you? No, no, no. I've heard about. I heard about this. This is, that, this is a staggering. Thing, yeah, actually. we'll come back to that if in a it's minute. what I think it is. Anyway, um, this one though is from Tesla, and this is from news.com.au, and they basically are inventing a new battery that is actually charged by solar energy. And you charge this battery up and it's in your, basically your walls of your house and it will charge and run your house. So you get off the grid, basically. This battery is exciting stuff. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see if it actually pays off. But basically Elon Musk and Tesla have gotten together and they've developed this new battery, this new rechargeable battery, uh, which uh, could be the future of home electronics. Uh, it's called the power wall. So uh, very, very interesting. The only thing that worries me is for anybody who's in technology, you know how explosive batteries can mm. be. The idea of having a battery in the wall of your house kind of freaks me out a little bit. But yeah. I would hope that this is something that they're looking at and uh, and working on. But I think this was a particularly staggering statistic when they actually said that each Australian household is an average of $2,000 a year in electricity. So anything to kind of curb that sort of spending would be yeah. lovely. Yeah, I'll make you a bet this Powerwall costs a lot of money and it's going to take a long time to pay itself off. Mm. But once it pays itself off, then you would be, looking, you're at, clear, yeah. you'd be looking at free electricity, basically. Yeah. So it's exciting. But the most exciting piece of technology this week had to be Warp 9, Mr. Yes, Sulu. this is what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. NASA has trialed a new engine. Now, we should be very clear that it has not been trialed in space. It has only been trialed in a... In a, in a um, the Vulcans haven't come yet. Not yet. Yeah. This is actually called the Electromagnetic Propulsion Drive, and it was tested in a vacuum that replicates space, and the results were staggering. Basically, they're saying that using this drive, they could reach uh, Mars... In 70 days mm. with no propulsion fuel. That's the most important yeah. part here. So, you know, most of a spaceship at the moment, most of a rocket going into space is fuel. Mm. And this, the idea of this is that it has no fuel. Now, the most interesting thing about this is it's incredibly controversial because the science community is having a conniption fit because the energy, uh, sorry, the, uh, the engine as it is designed now actually violates the very fundamentals of physics. Because if we know physics at all, it basically says that for anything to go forward, it needs to have something going backwards. For every reaction, there is an opposite and equal reaction. Well, there is no propulsion on this. It actually rides electronic, uh, electromagnetic waves. And because there's no propulsion and yet it goes forward, it actually defies the laws of physics. And it would actually require us to rethink the way we actually think about physics. So it is staggering. Now, it's amazing. It is, yeah. it is, From my understanding, they don't really fully understand what they've done either. Like, no, it, like, but the most- A lot of it was accidental. In, yeah, yeah, and the most impressive part, though, was they actually fired a laser through it. And the laser actually defied and beat the speed of light. Now, this is where the Warp 9 Mr. Sulu comes in because by firing a laser in – now, where are the actual statistics on this article? Where is it? Hold on, because it was actually phenomenal. Um, Oh, give me a second. It's here. It's here uh, where they actually talk about the laser. Here it is. Now, uh, no, that's not it. Wait, 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 wait. I've lost the the piece. Where is it? There's actually a piece where they talk about the laser. Now, they fired a laser through it. Uh, Here it is. So, where does the warp drive come into it? So, in this article, actually says the NASA engineer, the NASA, NASA, the NASA engineers also reported on the forums that they'd fired lasers into the EM drive's resonance chamber, and that some of the laser beams had traveled faster than the speed of light at around three hundred thousand kilometers per second, suggesting that the EM drive may have produced a warp bubble. Mm. 
Let me say that again. It may have yeah. produced a warp bubble like the kind that allows travel faster than speed of light in Star Trek. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Now, this is all theoretical at this point. Let's not let's not say mm, we're let's about not to get have, crazy. We're not yeah. about to have spaceships yeah. here that actually use this, and they actually do go to uh, great lengths in this article to say that third parties have not confirmed these findings yet. Mm. You know what I mean? So they they will bring in uh, a body of people who will actually. What is it they say? Um, uh, well, there's actually a really good article here that says um, it hasn't been verified by peer review yet, okay? Mm-hmm. But at this point, they have not been able to poke any holes in the theory. So if this pans out, if this theory actually is mm-hmm. true, if this, if they can actually – here's a big if – they have to build the ship in space. Yes. Because the yeah. reason why this works is because there's very little friction in space. Mm. There is some friction, but very little friction in space. So by propuls- uh, by getting propulsion against the magnetic waves, there's nothing to stop it. And so it generates up this movement. From Earth, you couldn't ha- use this technology or on an Earth-bound vehicle mm. because there's too much friction pushing against it. There's yeah. a counterforce. So my theory is that they'll be like 2001 you'd mm. build a spaceship in space mm. and then launch it from space yeah and you wouldn't have to have all the propellant to actually mm. move it well so, i think in like star trek lore it's like they build they build the, the ship ships in space, in space. Yeah. well except for the abrams one they, abrams yeah. one they've got it on the ground yeah so um but you know i mean that's the next stage let's mm. we'll get to that part later but the idea is you'd have to launch this thing from space to be able to uh get the propulsion that you want mm. but i think that's fantastic yeah. i think it is it is staggering. It's incredible stuff you know, and this is why we need NASA. This is why we need a space program. Mr. Obama, are you listening? Okay, because... <laughs> no, <you>. I'm not. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's... As I say, we are kind of abbreviating this show, and that's our, that's mm. our tech news for today. We don't want to go too deep into some of the other stories because we do really want to move on to uh, our film review today. And this is one of the reasons why we are not doing an impending robot apocalypse this yeah. week. Because... Our film review <laughs> is our yeah, right. robot <laughs> And so our film review for all you geeks out there who are going, but I want more tech news. Just, just listen. Just, just, just listen. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the film was quite something special. But in the meantime, I think what we do need to do is move into our film actually section so that we can talk a little bit more about it. We have a little bit of film news. And of course, we do have a prize winner Yay. for our Star Trek. And we have another prize to give away. So here is Film Actually. <laughs> Ah, yes, film actually, the section that became a podcast and then became a section again. Uh, This week, (laughs) we're going to talk about a little bit of entertainment news. We're going to talk about a little bit about what we've been watching, which, of course, is usually our Star Trek section, (laughs) which we have a real surprise and treat for you this week. Um, We do have a prize winner for our Klingon pop vinyl figure that we've been... trying to give away for the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And we have another one that we're going to give away this week, so we'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a little bit of entertainment news, and of course we are going to review Ex Machina, the new science fiction film written and directed by Alex Gar- uh, Gar- is it Garland or Garland? No, Garland. Garland. Yeah. I've misspelled yeah. it there, but that's all right. That's all right. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching first, though. And, and other than uh, Trek, we've, of course, watched Game of Thrones, yes. uh, which is uh, continuing on from... Uh, which will be continuing for the next, let's face it, seven weeks because yep. uh, it's, it's all anybody is thinking about. Also, though, I watched the latest Silicon Valley. As oh, well. I'm up to date with Silicon Valley as well. 
God, I, I love say, that show. <laughs> I l- absolutely love the new characters yes. in Silicon Valley. Uh, don't you love the replacement for the investment? It's uh, amazing. And and yeah. the new investment guy. What's his name? Um, Chris Diamantopoulos or whatever. Oh, like he, he is... always pops up and stuff. Like in, he was in the Free Stooges. I think he played Mo the, in the totally in the crass remake. investor. Yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> everything about it is. just Let me like just amazing. say three letters: I O R. They're trying to guess what it is. He goes internet yeah. on the radio. I love like how he's like I don't no, want radio in the R O I radio on the internet. That's he's like I don't want to show up at to any of your meetings. And then he's there at every one of the meetings. Yeah. And he's and like, just talking on the phone. He's always on the phone or texting and, you know. Oh, I love that when he goes, do you really talk that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's, he's un, he has an unnatural <coughs> hatred of... Um, we have Richard uh, uh, behind the glass undressing himself. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Oh, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, yeah. the Silicon Valley... I, like he, I was going to say, like, he has this unnatural hatred for um, TJ Miller's character. <laughs> that I just, find I just love that TJ Miller goes, I've had Sex. Mm. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Good. Good. Cool. What's he saying? Yeah. This guy fucks. <laughs> and then, uh, he's the biggest nerd in the room. He goes, "This guy fucks." Yeah. And he's always got that attitude of like, "You're very funny." Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, and the, and the, the girl character is amazing. The the new rock star punk like cyber hacker girl. Hold on, which one are we talking about? That um, joins the. The contingent who joins the business. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, but the one I'm thinking of though, from the very first episode of this season, though, is the replacement for their original investor. Yes. She is out of, oh, her, she's yeah. out of her mind. What, is yeah. it, what does she say? She goes, he is dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like a mix of like extreme coldness, but high anxiety. Like really. I can't like, help but think that this is your fault. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> why would I want to be involved with that? Yeah. I don't know why. I think you should leave now. It's a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) She's wonderful. This communication is over. (laughs) Yes, she is wonderful. Uh, So, yeah, so there's Silicon Valley. You can catch that up. So, completely legally, Mm -hmm. you can catch that up. It's actually playing uh, in first release on Fox. If you guys don't know what Silicon Valley is about, it's basically Mike Judge's new show, the creator of Office Space. Which is a parody of everything to do with Silicon Valley and and startups. Yes. And my God, is it sharp. It's And they use use all these real people in it um, playing themselves Mm. who are like when they had Walt Mossberg and... um, and is it Fisher uh, doing yeah, 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 doing yeah. the send up yeah. of the of the D of the D um, what is it called everything digital yeah uh, conference yeah they're interviewing the um, and they're interviewing the Hooli guy who's basically yeah, yeah. their analog for Google and that when he goes when, when he starts comparing himself yeah. to uh, the Jews in Nazi yeah, Germany yeah that's right yeah that's uh, was it uh, yeah, the billion, billionaires, billionaires are, are even like, more of a minority than because than there's the fewer Jews of were. us yeah that's right yeah that's <laughs> Oh Jesus! And he just keeps burying himself deeper and deeper. And it was like, what is he saying? <laughs> and he still maintains it afterwards. <laughs> but then yeah. he gets all it's the, like, the then he's got all the Hasidic Jewish yeah. community in his office saying, yeah. well, "We want to build a replica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on our grounds." I uh, think we can skip over Game of Thrones though, because like it's amazing. And it, no, it look, it's is, amazing. And the show is strength to strength. Um, I think for me the most exciting thing though was in the coming up next week part at the end. I didn't, I didn't watch that. Yeah, I, uh, I never watched those. Oh, coming, uh, coming up, up in the next, or, and it just yeah. shows Tyrion looking up and seeing the dragon. Oh, fly really? Overhead. That quickly they're going to do and it? And he's like, yeah. the look on his face is like, oh my god, that's a dragon. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah! <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, it's it's looking pretty good. So um, I really really like Game of Thrones, and I'm really enjoying what's going on in this season. But without further ado. <laughs> 
We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Dave's voyage through Star Trek. And this mm-hmm. week, we are talking about Star Trek V, the voyage, mm-hmm. no, the uh, final frontier. Yes. And season five of The Next Generation. Now, five we know, and five. But I have to say, we had a voicemail this week. <laughs> and, and it was, was so absolutely magnificent it was the mm. gift that kept on giving and it, it is it, it is our me. very very good friend jamie who actually sent this through and we're going to use this as our theme so here you go la 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 Better than any orchestration from Jerry Goldsmith ever. I think I think I'm gonna make a mashup. <laughs> as soon as Patrick Stewart stops talking, I'm going to cut that in on top of the video. That's so good. Thank you, Jamie. That is the gift that, that was giving. Amazing. I, I love Thank that you. dearly. Yeah. That is going to be played every week on this. I owe you. Yeah, I yeah, owe you a beer yeah, for that's that right. one. We, we got to give him some uh, money back. I think you know. Yeah. I owe you a beer for yeah. that. That was, every time that that's played, great. you're going to get five cents. All right. <laughs> Oh dear! So let's talk. It's gonna be my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about Star Trek V: Mm -hmm. uh, The Final Frontier. Uh, row, first, row, row, row your boat gently. <laughs> Let's just state for the record that this is not one of the finest moments in Star Trek movie history. But mm. that being said, like I said to you once before, there is always something to like in a Star Trek film. I, I kind of like Star Trek Five. It's got its problems. Yeah. It really does. But it does, but I don't think it's complete. That bad. Complete with the fact that it's not finished. Well, yeah. If you yeah. watch it very carefully, when Cybok and Kirk are fighting in the hangar bay, you can actually see the cables holding <laughs> Kirk up. Uh, but That's we're not the just charm. talking. We're not, we're not <laughs> talking about a couple of cables. We're talking about full rig. You can see the whole rig on his body as he's being flung around. So it doesn't. Wasn't even, it something to do with like ILM wasn't involved in this one? Or something? ILM was not involved in this yeah. one. So basically, ILM was busy doing something, and uh, William Shatner enlisted some. Uh, um, Brian Farron, I think his name. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. Something like that it mm-hmm. was the guy's name who was his effects company, and he came in. And the effects are really substandard. Mm. So even the, the spaceship stuff looks kind of – it looks kind of – it's not digital because it was early before that, but yeah. it looks kind of fake and artificial, and all the visual mm. effects just kind of look fake. Um, it doesn't have that sense. And we've had this role of, of – uh, Douglas Trumbull for the first one yeah. and then three films by ILM and then suddenly we hit this and you go oh. It really is kind of like the bump in the road of the original series. It movies. is and it, you can yeah. only think that it was Shatner going well Leonard Nimoy got to direct two of them. Can I, I direct, want one oh, can, yeah, can I direct yeah. one now? You know it's like and they went oh really okay here. All right. here but the go. script I think is kind of really cool. I love the idea of it. It's such a Star Trek idea. Yeah and it's, know, got, like, it's got it's got and it doesn't really cop out in the end I think. True. And it's got three mm. things going for it mm. in particular. And the three things that Cyborg. always stick out for me is Cyborg himself. Mm. And the introduction of Cyborg is unreal. Well, for me, it's... The, the opening five minutes of the movie actually makes you go, why is everyone saying this movie is horrible? Yeah. And, it's and, gr- then, and then quickly you find out. It quickly out, but, degrades. But yeah. then there's that one scene which is um, Cyborg talking to Kirk mm. and basically saying, let me take your pain. And there's that wonderful yeah. speech from Kirk where he talks about 
I need my pain. My pain is what makes me me. Mm. And that scene is magnificent. Yeah. You know, and you just, that whole scene with 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 um, Spock seeing his birth and all mm. that, sort of, that whole sequence is just fantastic. Um, and that you take that out in isolation, you go, "This is the, some of the greatest Star Trek ever made." Yeah. You've also got Spock nerve pinching a horse yes. <laughs> or Vulcan pinching a horse, which is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the third thing that I actually really like is I think it has the single greatest line, mm-hmm. and I was going to capture it for the show, but I didn't have time. <laughs> the single greatest line in Star Trek history, which is where God's head. For those who haven't yeah, yeah, seen yeah. the film, it's all about them going to the center of the universe to find God. Mm-hmm. They get to this planet, which is in the center of the universe, which you apparently can't get to. God's head appears and it says, oh, you must give me this and give me that and give me your starship and blah. And Kirk just steps forward with his finger up and he just goes, excuse me, what does God need with a starship? What does God need with a starship? And it's the single greatest. Like, and it's, amazing. Go, you go, it's an amazing yes. moment. It's worth, it's worth the whole film. I For think. that one yeah, line, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, uh, and you just go, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he he repeats it as well for impact. He know, works right? that, and then yeah. Spock joins in by saying, yeah. "It's a valid question." Yeah, you know, it's like, and it, because all of this time it was all about getting him off the button. You go, but why does he mm. need it? So we kind of it shows like Kirk's intelligence too. Yeah, because he's worked out this isn't God. Yeah, this is some alien entity, and you start to piece together that that alien entity was imprisoned on that planet. Mm. It's got nothing to do with him trying to get off. He's not yeah. supposed to get off. You know. I um, also have like quite a soft spot for this movie because of the circumstances of when I watched it. Right. And um, I remember that uh, when I watched it, I had um, the whole family come around mm-hmm. uh, for the end scene where they're singing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat" and Spock joins in. <laughs> And it's the only time that I've watched Star Trek with a whole bunch of people, and particularly in this case, my family. Mm-hmm. And then the very next morning, I woke up to the news that Leonard Nimoy had died. Oh, of course. And, yeah. and so in, in my memory, Star Trek V is always... His death. Is the, is the one I was watching the moment that he died. In right, right. You know, and so in, in my mind, it's like... Now, I, how you know, prophetic yeah. would it have been had it been Star Trek Two? Well, yeah. I mean, that would that would have been, been, been freaky, creepy, you yeah. know. <laughs> but that's just why I always sort of have a like a, a leaning towards, you know, the fifth trek. And this um, is this is may this be a lesson to every listener out there that no matter how bad people bag on about stuff, and when I say this, we're not just talking about Star Trek. We're talking about Star Wars episode one, mm-hmm. two, and three. We're talking about what whatever the sequels, mm. uh, Matrix two and three, whatever. Aladdin, Return of Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> step too far, sir. A step Sorry. too far. Sorry. But what we're saying is that when you watch these things, don't just blanket them and go, "It's crap." Mm. It destroyed my childhood. I, there's a yeah. phrase I hate. Yeah. Um, you look at it and go. There is always something good to be found, even in a turd. Mm. You know, there's always something good to be found yeah. in there. Like in a turd, you'd find corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're usually uh, not not um di- uh, digested enough. No, that's you can right. still eat them. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> there's your weird food section for the day. Just give them a rinse. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Oh yes, yeah, of course, exactly. If you use butter, you can kind of like glue it back oh, to the cob. Oh no, stop! All right. <laughs> enough, with, enough with that analogy. The point is that sometimes you look at it and go. Yeah, there is stuff to be found. Mm. There, there is, there is gold to be mined out of the out yeah. of the mountains. You yeah, know exactly. What I mean? um, yeah. So, and, so and what Star- you're saying is that Star Trek Five is is a piece of corn <laughs> from, 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 a, from from a giant from turd. A giant turd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Now, let's move on to the superlative season five mm. of Next Generation because there are some amazing, some of my favorite episodes come from season five. Yeah. We were uh, just going through them before. Yeah, we're not going to go through them wow. episode by episode because yeah. there's so many of them. But let's pick a couple of them just in general. Mm-hmm. Unification, speaking of yeah. Leonard Nimoy, Unification Part 1 and mm-hmm. 2 comes from season five. Now, this is also important because I think Unification marked the 100th episode. I think uh, I'm off the top of my head, I'm. I'm I'd have sure. to look. I don't want to do that again on this show. Where I'm like, <laughs> I think it's yeah, 100. Listen, <laughs> listen, no, listen, listeners can correct us, but I yeah. think that might have been around mm. the 100th episode. Yeah. Um, and this is where Leonard Nimoy came in, and it was all about the Vulcans trying to negotiate a peace treaty mm-hmm. between the the Romulans and so forth. And it was a great double episode yeah. in itself. But my single favorite episode, my single mm. favorite episode from this season. Uh, no, I take that back. There's two um, because there's Inner Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is in my top five. Which is directed by Patrick Stewart yeah. and is magnificent. Where he lives an entire lifetime in an episode. The yes, flute, yeah. yeah. And Cause and Effect. Yes. Uh, which is also in my top five, probably. Which is one of yeah. my favorite episodes. Rates right up there with mm. Conundrum and a couple of others like that, which are my favorite Star Trek episodes. Yeah, That's yeah, when, you, yeah. when you get into that, 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 circle where things are happening and they're trying to solve the mystery, mm. you know? And Cause and Effect is an amazing episode, yeah. you know? Um, but we've got Deanna Troy being raped in yes. uh, the... Uh, oh, yeah, we looked it up before. Oh, uh, I can't remember. She's being raped in her... demons or something. In her mind, she's yeah. being raped, which is just mm. horrifying. Uh, we've got um, the, the first part of the Mark Twain episode, yes. which is how yep. it finishes. We've got... Um, oh, we're also talking about um, Ensign Rowe. Ensign Rowe. We, uh, we introduced the, the, of the we Bajorans. Introduced and, the Bajorans. Yeah. We also had uh, the actress uh, oh oh god her name's oh Michelle Forbes no 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 in the game uh, Wesley's girlfriend. Oh yeah, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Yeah, that's a really good episode yeah. too. Yeah. Um, what was that called? The First Order or something? No, the game. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. game where they're wearing the little headsets and the little things are falling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. It, and it was kind of a uh, it was kind of a statement about computer games mm. at the time how people were just obsessed. Yeah, and they get by, they get um. Mind, um, yeah, they're getting yeah. Mind, mind controlled, mind by, controlled this game. by the device. Yeah, yeah. there's some great stuff so, and, um, in this season. I think my favorite one from the season has got, I, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but it's where Anson Rowe and Geordie become like essentially ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were there's talking a tel- about that. There's a teleporter accident. And, yeah, um, and they're walking around. Yeah. My only problem with that, there was a logic issue with that episode, which bugged me, which is they could walk through walls and everything because they were basically yeah, yeah, ghosts. Yeah. Why didn't they fall through the floor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overthinking, overthinking. It's Star Trek. You're supposed yeah, to overthink. <laughs> I'm sure they had a reason for that too, though. I'm sure if you yeah. talked to them, they probably yeah, had some sort yeah. of explanation. But anyway, great season yeah. and well worth, well worth having a look at. So we've got a couple of things. First thing we're going to do is we are going to announce the winner of the of the Klingon of the Klingon. Now I've got to find I've got to find the email here. Hold on a second. We had a, I am not a married. We have a winner, but we also have an honorary mention that we're going to mm-hmm. mention as well. Uh, feedback again. It was yeah. very close between these two. It, it was. was so the honorary mention first. The honorary mention has to be Mario Tot, who wrote in and said one of my favorite lines is better well, uh, better when r- said by Riker. He basically says, some days you get the bear and some days the bear <laughs> gets you, which was from season four, episode 11, Data's mm-hmm. Day. Funnily enough, the winner, which we're going to come up for in a minute, also comes from the same episode, which I thought was really, which is really, really weird timing. Yeah, but um, Mario also added a little bit extra. So I thought we'd just do this as a little mini feedback mm-hmm. section here. He says, on and on, on and on. <laughs> oh, actually, do I have it? <laughs> I don't know if I've got it. I don't have it. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> you know, my reaction when I don't have something on the sound- <laughs> when I don't have something on the soundboard, I just go, "Oh, that! Oh, fuck that!" Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so, anyways, we say on an unrelated. Un- you want me to whistle it? In no, the no, no, it's okay. <laughs> on an unrelated note, as much as I love to hear you guys geek out over geeky geek movies, you geeks, uh, I really, really enjoyed the review of a non-explosions and superheroes movie this week. That would have been um, while we're young. Mm. Uh, it's almost like you guys know what you're on about in films in general. Which, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah we try that. I have a degree. <laughs> he says. <laughs> he says. That I have thing- six of them. I bought at Coles for five dollars. Uh, I've graduated. <laughs> I graduated film school yeah. too, so yeah, I don't have a degree, but <laughs> life, life. Yeah, a piece of paper. Uh, that being said, he says, can you also get Richard to get off his ass and watch some more movies? Because, you know, he doesn't see enough movies in all of life's riddles or <laughs> movies. Nice callback, mm, Mario. I remember that. I remember that too. But our winner has to be, uh, to goes to Derek. Uh, he says, it has to be Worf trying to describe human mating rituals in Data's Day. Uh, he says, human bonding rituals often involve a great deal of talking and dancing and crying. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a fabulous quote. Yeah, uh, Derek, can you email to feedback at geekaxi.com your mailing address and we will send you your Klingon. Yeah. Um, and we'll send that out to you as soon as we can. Now, we have a competition for this week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, your favorite line from season five. And there's going to be a lot of them. Yep. Let me tell you, because season five is a corker. And this week we're actually giving away a, once again, a pop vinyl, mm-hmm. courtesy of Good Games Hurstville. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are giving away uh, a pop vinyl of Data. The Android himself. Because... You know, why not? <laughs> data. <Hey>. Data. <laughs> data. Oh, that's, well, there's a callback a, from season, a callback two. season yeah, two. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about film. This news. is a very um intriguing it's prize. An, it's an intriguing yeah. one. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, Derek is going to get the Klingon. This one is going out to whoever gives us the, their favorite line from season five mm-hmm. of Next Generation. Uh, you have, we're not going to be on next week because of scheduling conflicts. In 25 words or less, tell us why Data is the most attractive member of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not going to be doing uh, an episode next week. So, you have two weeks to get your entry in because we have a scheduling conflict next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, two weeks to get your entry in. Episode one, uh, sorry, episode eight. We will be announcing the winner, okay? And it's time for Film Actually News. All right. So, uh, fans of Red Dwarf rejoice because... This is great news. I did not hear about this. I, I This is unbelievable. I can't yeah. believe they're actually bringing it back after yeah. all this time. Uh, Red Dwarf is coming back for not one, but two seasons. So, uh, yeah, so if you're a fan of Red Dwarf, keep your eyes on the on the uh, door prize because it is coming back. The next piece of news we are going to introduce very quickly is that Marvel Avengers Infinity Wars Part 1 and Part 2 is getting <sighs> real goddamn big because uh, they're going to shoot... <laughs> all I can say is... Fuck you, Christopher Nolan. (laughs) They're not going to shoot sections of it in IMAX. They're going to shoot the entire film in IMAX with IMAX cameras. That is phenomenal. I think this is the first time a feature film has ever been shot. Oh, there's an asterisk. Scroll down. Oh, oh, yeah. It says um, uh, every line of dialogue ADR'd. Oh, yeah. Really? No, no. Just, <laughs> that's, a, that's an in-joke how loud the IMAX cameras are. Like. So they're going to be shooting the entire thing on Alexa 65mm cameras and IMAX cameras, and the entire thing will be shot in IMAX format. As I say, I think this is the first time a feature film has been shot entirely, entirely in yeah. the IMAX format. Normally you have... Leave it to Marvel just to pave the way. They're just basically going, They're just yeah. like, let's just do everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they went, what, we can't... Well, sh- I have heard the IMAX cameras have gotten quite 
quiet now. They're quiet like, and they're yeah, smaller. Like they're, they're, yeah. I would imagine it's probably some, a lot of it is IMAX digital as well. But I think what happened is somebody said to them, you cannot shoot an entire film in IMAX. And Kevin Feige just went, <laughs> oh, that. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be the last Feige. I believe, isn't it? I think this, uh, at the I think, end. I think the end of yeah. Phase Three is the end of Feige's yeah. tenure, whether he signs on again or not. But I mean, let's face it: the man has made his mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and it won't be really done again in a long time. No, and the thing I mean, is, when, I mean, when you can only hope that one of them. This. Maybe well, Star Wars, maybe. Potentially. Uh, not to this level. But not to how. No, because Star Wars is telling and, continuous yeah. stories as yeah. well. This is. We were having a conversation, my friends and I, the other night about um because uh, about Avengers: Age of Ultron. Right. It's like, how do we get here? Really, when you think about like all the the planets that needed to align mm. and, and like how, oh man, like what if Winter Soldier had sucked? Well, yeah. Like that's all it would have taken. All it would have taken was like, oh, the Russo brothers, well, let's not hire them because we don't know. Well, they would have. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything would have unraveled. Interestingly, if I was thinking about this as well this week and, and I was talking to uh, a friend of mine last night about it and I've talked to my wife about it as well and I was saying, when you actually sit down and think about it, when you actually think about what Marvel has achieved, mm. they have done something that nobody it's else... It's staggering, Well, really. they've done something that nobody yeah. else has done. The only film that has come close to this mm. is the Matrix films. Yeah. Now, the reason why I use the Matrix films as an example is because if you remember when Matrix 2 and 3 were being made, now, mm -hmm. this is... Forget if you liked them or didn't like them. I'm just talking... I actually about, do like them. I did, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. mind them. I'm just talking about what they did. They actually made two films back-to-back and interconnected them with a computer game and a series of yeah. anime, you yeah. know? And so it all told one story. So that was the beginnings of an experiment like this, mm -hmm. right? Marvel's gone one step far forward. They've actually managed to make a series of films where they actually don't exist in a vacuum. No. You can watch them individually yeah. and get different levels of joy or mm. hatred for them, depending on who you are. Yeah. But when you actually take it as a whole and you actually interconnect all the pieces, mm. we are talking about a bunch of independent films that all interlink in some way. So standalone films, but they all coexist and wind up yeah. in Avengers films. But to take that one step further, they then interconnect that into two television series. Yeah. Three television series, if you take into account Agent Carter, mm -hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and coming up all the other ones yeah. coming up. And you look at it and you go, as an example of this, a lot of people when Iron Man 2 came out said, oh, it wasn't a very good film because it didn't stand up on its own. Mm. It just felt like an ad for what was coming. But when you take it in context of everything, everything before else. and everything yeah. after, it's just one more piece. Mm. Now, the argument has been leveled on that, but what about people who are coming? There's no jumping on point. Where I think it's clever is on the most part, and yes, there are references to other things, but on the most part, each film is still enjoyable on its own. Yeah. But if you know everything else with it, it's actually even more enjoyable. Mm. You know, there, there, there is more to get out of it. Absolutely. The yeah. example of this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. two weeks ago ends with them basically saying they've isolated and they found Loki's scepter. Baron von Strucker has it. Mm. Uh, he's been experimenting on on on, uh, on people to create uh, people with powers or enhanced powers, and they've located his fortress. And at the end of the episode, Coulson goes, "Better call the Avengers." Yeah, yeah, which leads directly right into in into uh, them Age attacking yeah. Baron von Strucker's thing. Then the next episode, this week's episode of Shield, basically has them talking about the invasion of the Metal Men and yeah. how the world almost had trouble. And you sit and go. 
Shit. We've just completely <laughs> interwound yeah. these two episodes with a film in the middle of it that if you watch it in sequence, mm. you actually have an explanation as to why they're in the snow attacking straight yeah. away. If you hadn't watched S.H.I.E.L.D., you just accept the it fact that they're, they're yeah. attacking. And you sit there and go, this is an incredible mm. experiment. Yeah, and it's like this whole kind of notion of like everything after the credits that Marvel's done has just been extra... Yeah, but, it, features, but it's actually really. not. You know, but it, it's not, yeah. It actually is... The, it's like on a Lego brick, they're the studs. Yeah. And they're actually interlocking all the pieces together. It's a very clever thing. And I, in many ways, I think Kevin Feige is 100% responsible mm. for this. Absolutely, yeah. And you look at it and go, if and he Favreau. leaves. And Favreau. But I think Feige in particular, mm-hmm. Feige, was, Feige was the one who brought Favreau well, yeah. in. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you look at it and you just go, with him finishing at the end of Infinity War, part one and part two, mm-hmm. is this the end of... Of the cohesiveness. Yeah. Because remember, one of the things we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago is we talked about the fact that there was no guiding light behind Mm. the DC films and why DC is so all over the place. Yeah. Because there is no center core. He is the center core to the Marvel Cinematic Mm. Universe. And you sit there and go, take him out of the equation. It's like taking Bruce Timm out of the DC animated films. They haven't been the same. Mm. You know, and you it's need like, a vision behind it you all. You need a vision, yeah. and I'm just well, a vision. Uh. <laughs> I'm just a little worried that if we, when we reach the end of phase three, it might not be quite the same mm. kettle of fish after that. But we'll see. Yeah. As I say, once again, don't don't assassinate it before it happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. There's still a lot goes. more to come for phase three, though. Don't, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the thing I'm most curious about is Ant Man because mm. Ant Man, Kevin Feige has gone on record as saying. Ant-Man is the end of is phase two. Is the end two. of phase two, yeah. And it's very important. Mm. And and so it's not the Avengers, it's the end of phase yeah. two. Ant-Man is the end of phase two and there is a reason. Mm. He's actually said, that was his words. He said, there's a reason why it's the end of phase two. So it's like, ooh. ooh very intrigued what is, yeah. what is What is that yeah. all about? <clears throat> not anyway, long to go for Ant-Man. Though. No, it's mm. around the corner now. So Infinity War gets IMAX treatment. Alex Garland, who directed the film that we're about to review, has also been working on his next film, which I think you said something up best when you said, that's it, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, first of all, we have to state that Alex Garland could pretty much direct the phone mm. book, and yes. we're going to go see yeah. it at this point after this film, once again, bearing the lead for what's coming. But his next film is a film called Annihilation. And it says here that the project is called Annihilation. It's an adaptation of Jeff Vandermeer's series of novels about a biologist who signs up for a dangerous secret expedition to Area X, where the laws of nature don't apply. And all I can say is, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Even though, (laughs) even more impressive, though, is apparently that Natalie Portman is now going to land the lead in this. So I'm actually really excited about this. Um, They are downplaying it, saying that it is not a locked deal yet. So we wait mm. to see if it actually locks. And the fact that uh, Ex Machina yeah. is not setting the world on fire box office-wise, and that's not necessarily the fault of the no. film. Uh, I, well, I can't imagine, like, say, for example, Nally Portman, who can pick and choose probably whatever she wants. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, if she just on the off night went to watch Ex Machina. And said, I'm working Just would be like, let's make a phone call. Yeah. You know, now, whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever. I'll do it. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, any actor in the world. I, I think, think, I think, uh, and also I just watched, uh, oh, we'll get to this when we get to yeah, the movie yeah. review, but there was something about the, the making of it, which I thought was really impressive too. All right, let's get on to this film review. Uh, so we, uh, as we've said many times, we saw mm-hmm. the film Ex Machina. Now we've talked about this for the last couple of episodes, mm-hmm. various trailers and AIs and what have you. It's written and directed by Alex Garland or Garland. So I've got, I've got, written, I've got to correct that. Garland. I'll do it's, it now, for you. now, how do you pronounce his name? 
No, this is Do- a P- Dom P- Domnall. Dom- I believe. I, I, I'm not 100. percent Domnall Gleeson, which we're actually trying to figure out. IMDb this. If only we had an interconnected group of computers. Okay. Uh, not on this page. I need this page. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to know whether you were actually asking whether he is the son of. Oh no, he's not. I know this. Oh, you looked yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. He's not the son of Brendan Gleeson. They're, oh, they're not okay. related. Yeah, okay. I did look this up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dom. Uh, oh wait, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Domno- I, will, I will Google. You this. look it up. Domnall Gleeson, Oscar Isaac, who is appearing soon in Dave. Oh, uh, in um, Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> and Alicia Vikander. Uh, now, according to IMDb, I've got to say they pretty much knocked this on the head because you don't want to give too much away. Now, we will state for the record that we are doing a spoiler section on mm-hmm. this film, but not until after the closing music, like we did last time. Yeah, I'm just quickly, Dom, Domino Gleeson is, is the son of Brendan Gleeson. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I'm thinking of another Talent another runs in the family, name. what can I yeah. tell you? All right, so the description from IMDb says, a young programmer is selected to participate in a breakthrough experiment in artificial intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking female AI. Mm. Now, that being said, that's pretty accurate. Uh, now, that being said, there is much more to the film than that. Here's that's the tra- more than I knew when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the trailer. We'll come back and talk about skip it. Skip it if you want. Skip two and a half minutes uh, <laughs> if yeah, you haven't skip, seen it. Yeah. Skip, skip two and a half minutes if you don't want to hear the trailer. But if you don't again, want to see the ending shot in the film. Can the I just trailer, say to you, if you, if you don't want to know anything yeah. about this film, come back to us later, okay? Yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. do it spoiler-free to start with, and then we're going to do spoilers after the end of the show. Right. But... Please be aware that yeah. anything you know, just, may- just just for the shits of it, I'm going to count how many how many shots are from the last five minutes in this. Okay, uh, you, do, you <laughs> do that. Here we go. I'll keep a tally. <laughs> so how does a programmer get to be meeting the CEO? I won a competition. The president can't get Mr. Garrick on the phone. You got the golden ticket. Good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Caleb. Can we just get past the whole employer-employee thing? Cheers. In many ways, this building isn't a house. It's a research facility. I want to talk to you about the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Are you building an AI? Hello. Hi. I've never met anyone new before. Have you? None like you. She's incredible. The challenge is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Have you never been outside this building? We could go together. Did you program her to flirt with me? Do you think about if you lie, I will know. No. Lie. Maybe she's pretending to like you. Well, why would she do that? Do you think I might be switched off? It's not up to me. Why is it up to anyone? You shouldn't trust Nathan. You shouldn't trust anything he says. I think it's the next model. It's going to be the real breakthrough. Well, what do you do with the old one? You have to help me. One day the AIs are going to look back on us. Upright apes, all set for extinction. 
Because it's strange to have made something that hates you. What were you doing with Ava? All right, what's the tally? <laughs> I lost count. <laughs> oh, Luckily, fuck. for those who are listening, most of them were visual. And True, they, you, out of context, probably they 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 wouldn't mean anything. Correct. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, the the trailer does give a lot away, but at the same oh. time, it also doesn't give away. It doesn't actually give away the. I don't want to say plot because it does give away a lot no. of plot. It doesn't give away. It the, kind of missells the film. In it missells. It makes it look mm. like a thriller, mm. and it's not really a thriller. It is a very contemplative uh, science fiction, thinking man science fiction about realistically the threat of artificial intelligence. Yeah. I think it is kind of though thrilling in a way. Oh, I mean, thrilling as in it yeah. stimulates like crazy. Yeah. Now, let me just go on and record. It's tense as well. I'm going to go on record and say that this is. In my mind, a small mm. masterpiece. Yeah, we're um, we're in a, I think we're a hundred percent agreement on this. Yeah, one. I think yeah. I think I texted you and said, "What did you think?" Because you saw it before I did, mm. and you said, "I'm still processing it, but I think it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. And I agree with that. When I walked out of the cinema, I had to stand inside. Well, I actually mm. sat there just <laughs> yeah. mesmerized by the end credits, mm. and then I stood outside the cinema for a few minutes before I could actually say anything. And you go, "That's a lot to process. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this movie, and a lot of it is." Just the performances are so good, mm. and it's it, it for all intents and purposes it's a three hander. Yeah, and for three characters for an hour and a half or whatever the film runs for, and you just sit there mesmerized by the different relationships because you're never quite mm. sure all the way through it who's screwing who. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, it's like so there's something going on. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like if you look at the the Adam and Eve and God story. And yeah, you, and you're you're asked who is God. And my favorite thing in this yeah, like, actually is, is a line about yeah. God where he goes, he quotes it saying, for us to make something more than man makes us more, like, more than gods. And mm. he goes, so you're calling me a god? He goes, that's not what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly Mr. funny in parts too. Like yeah. um, a lot of humor, especially with um, Oscar Isaac. Oscar who Isaac. gives like the performance of the year, I think, yeah. in this. Like, um, and everyone's good in this movie. Like, but I, Oscar look, Isaac I'm, I'm going to go out on a, on a, on a, a thread. He's just like and so. Say that, say that, that, that Alicia yeah. Vikander is oh, yeah. a find and a half. Absolutely. This girl. Yeah. And I've seen an interview with She's going to be like a mega star. Hey. I hope so. Because All she of them is are going to be. really, really good. Now, well, seen, the other two are in Star Wars. So well, they're going to be well, and Don, mega stars. And, and, and Gleason yeah. was actually in About Time mm-hmm. and a couple of other films. And I he's saw him in Frank. And, and Frank's an awesome movie. Yeah. He's the lead in Frank. Yeah. He's the lead in About Time. There you go. And he's terrific. I mean, he's. A terrific. He's got a. He's a, a nervous. He's almost like you could almost say he's not the same. Don't write mm. to me. But he's he's kind of like the British uh, Michael Sarah in that he's got that, uh, yeah, he's got that kind of nervous that energy kind of about him. Yeah, and everything is kind of awkward about him. Mm. And uh, he's and vulnerable. He's vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And he it, look. He's he was exceptional. But Oscar Isaac is the star. Mm. There is no doubt that his presence yeah. on screen, whenever he is on screen, you absolutely are mesmerized. Just magnetic. Yeah, yeah. mesmerized. By and him. Uh, the thing about Oscar Isaac that I love is I loved um, Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, Which, can you believe I'm a Coen Brothers fan? Yeah, I still haven't seen it. It's horrifying. You haven't seen that. Movie. I know. It's, it's an amazing movie, but I'm him, him in that movie is so polar opposite to what he's like in this. But it's still the same level of naturalism. Mm. It's like I don't. He's not acting. He's just there. He's like a he's presence. Incredible. Yeah. Like, no, he's a, and you got to think everything. That also, in this, it's like everything that he says feels made. And the other thing like, you got to consider know. about this film is that they're all working in accents. Yeah. Because they're not. They're not putting on American accents. No, they're all. But they're also yeah. not British. No, they're and they're, they're all British neutral, actors. But they're yeah. just in this neutral gear. Yeah, and none of them sound 
particularly anything. No, it's so low key and yeah, yeah. and it's and I've heard. Well, they're all kind of robotic in a sense. Yeah, and that's you know, like, well, I can, that's that's kind of like the brilliance is like the. I don't know how much we should say, but I think it's it's okay to say that everybody in this film is some kind of programmer. Well, and they're also they're also all damaged, yeah, in some way. Yeah. Well, not her so much because she's, she's a robot. But I think they, they like <clears throat> it's interesting that like Alex Garland chose to have three characters who all primarily work as a as, as a coder. They think yeah. it, they think in code. Yeah, she does. Obviously. She does. The two of them do. Yep. Uh, and it's interesting. They're all on different levels of yeah uh, of logic. Like they're kind of. Without emotion, uh, quite a few of them at the start of the movie, and they mm, all they mm. all kind of develop in different aspects. But we can't go too. I don't want to go too. Much. We will talk about this in more detail in the spoiler mm. zone at the end. But to say that it is uh, misinterpreted by its ad is a little bit of an oversight. But it's mm. also the ad does give a little bit too much away. Yeah. One of the beautiful things about this film is that reveal, mm. is that building to trying to figure out who's really I guess I guess the the mm. ultimate way of looking at it is going that we said by the description he's brought in to evaluate the human qualities of this AI yeah. but really out of the, all these three characters who's really testing who yeah exactly is what it's yeah. all about you know and I guess like I, I like to think of the movie as sort of a Turing test in and of itself mm. is like it, it's the, over the course of the movie you you have to accept this human this this excuse me you have to accept this robot who in plain sight is a robot. Yeah. Like if you've seen the poster, you know what she looks like. Mm. You know, she's just got a human face and, you know, she's got and human, human hands, hands and human feet. But the rest is all evidently wires and cables and amazing effect in, you know, yeah, can we just talk about that for yeah. a second? The, the visual effects in this film yeah. for what is a relatively mm. low budget British film yeah. are phenomenal. phenomenal. I mean, like pheno- Oscar worthy. You would never, yeah. if this film doesn't get nominated for yeah. an Oscar, I'd be surprised. This yeah. is, they are flawless. Yeah. There is not a moment in this film. It's where the best like, effects work I've seen in a long time yeah. because it, it's, it's inherent to the movie. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, that's what makes it special. It's like mostly it's visual effects, like a bunch of shit happening. Where in this, it's like the movie doesn't work without it. Mm. And the kind of thing is like what's so impressive about the special effects ties directly into like what I loved about the movie so much is that over the course of the movie, like you're watching a character undergo a Turing test with this robot, but you as the audience yourself have a kind of Turing test. Yeah. Like, like halfway into this movie, I bought her as a complete existing. Robot. I actually, I've got to tell you, like, I actually bought like, her as a robot from the very first few early. minutes. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I guess I should say, because she doesn't really appear until oh, no, the movie. First few minutes but, of when she appears. Yeah, yeah, from when she appears. Yeah. It's like, like, but over by the end of the movie, she's a fully existing, breathing, fully developed character. Yeah. And and the kind of thing is like, we, we, we pass, we have a Turing test and she passes our Turing test. Mm. And it's phenomenal, it's a phenomenal th- achievement. In filmmaking, they often you know? talk about the uncanny valley. They talk yeah. about the idea that it just doesn't quite look right, so you yeah. can never buy into it. None of that yeah. here. This is 100% you mm. believe that she is Eve. Yeah. Or Eva. Ava. 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 You yeah. believe well, that kinda she- kind of is supposed to be Eva, yeah. I suppose. You yeah. believe that she is Ava. Yeah. There is no doubt. There's no doubt And it's really all. interesting and you, when you, actually you, see- you understand Ava. Yeah, you it's know, really interesting when you see an interview with the actress yeah. who plays her now. What's she like in real life? She's by just the way? a you know just very normal English girl. Yeah, and you okay. sit there looking at her, and she's very pretty. But yeah, you just she's look at her and you're just pretty. going, 
But that ties into the story. It's as well. hard to believe yeah. that. Well, and yeah, let's talk about that's I mean, an essential part of the story. There's an essential. Yeah. Some some people I've actually heard comment where people say, "Oh, well, why does she have to be this really attractive?" Yeah. Because that's actually one yeah. of the points. That's that's a very that's spoiler, but that's a very yeah. specific. It's we won't very, go into that. Oscar yeah. Isaac actually yeah. talks about yeah. that. That's a very yeah. specific. And thing a lot of this testing. movie is filled with like very intelligent debates and discussions on yeah. artificial intelligence, and like because of the success of of Ava, like the the movie will crumble without it. Yes. And uh and that's the kind of thing it's like this is one of those movies that when when you read it on paper you'd be like Whew. Like this reads good, yeah. But can you pull this off? But you're gonna tightrope this, like, yeah. You know, and and the kind of thing is like without the performances and without Ava being as cool as she is, like in terms of visuals and yeah, yeah. And without the the most important thing, like the AI being so sound mm. and so realistic, is like that's what that's what makes the Turing test of the movie so crazy in my mind. Yeah, we'll talk a is little that bit you more. Walk, you walk out of the movie just going like, I bet you she exists somewhere. Yeah, it's not you actually know, like, it's not actually that much of a spoiler to talk about. Uh, also, I'm not, I'm not spoiling the plot. I'm just no, 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 I'm no, just no, talking no. about the robot. No, no, itself. I'm, talk, I'm talking yeah. about it's not much of a spoiler to actually talk about um, the conception of Ava mm. and Oscar Isaac actually talks about how he created his AI, yeah. and that's fascinating because yeah. and we actually talked a little bit about we touched a little bit on this on the show a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. where we were talking about how. Uh, so experts have actually looked at this and actually said that this is very scarily accurate mm-hmm. to how you would create an AI. Yes. The yeah. uh, the idea is that Oscar Isaac's character is the owner and head coder mm-hmm. of a company called Blue Book, yes. which is like Google, basically. It's a search engine. And he wrote the original code when he was 13. We mm-hmm. establish him as a super genius, yeah. right? The idea is that he's been able to build this AI using search engine results. Um, and that's a fantastic mm-hmm. idea because he's basically talking about the idea that instead of looking at it from an advertising point of view, you look at it from a trend point of view. Yeah. You, look at, you can actually start to piece together how people think by what they're searching and how they're searching. And by using millions and millions of people as a cross-section, mm-hmm. you actually start to form together a personality. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, an amazing concept yeah. in itself. Which is very, very close to reality. Yeah. Like, if not already in existence somewhere. And you've got to think that there are people who are already... And there's a great... That's, that's, sorry, Dave. That's like the masterstroke of the movie, the, yeah. blue, the blue book stuff. Like, it's the absolute... Where, where it, it comes from... Uh, it turns the movie into something really intelligent to something fucking genius yeah you know and and because that that's the kind of thing is like um like when you're looking at um artificial intelligence it's i've, I've mind blanked completely i'm sorry no 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 no, <laughs> yeah, no i'm fine. just too busy i know the film I'll does, come back the film it. does it to yeah. you it'll actually it'll spark massive conversation mm. i do suggest if you're seeing this film see it with a couple of people who are also interested in seeing it because you're going to want to talk about it yeah afterwards there is so much happening in this very short runtime that you're going to want to talk about and and it's going to leave you it's actually it actually left me a little bit breathless. It's mm. like you sit there looking at it just going, "Wow," because it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. No, and it's fascinating. Yeah, and I, I don't want to spoil any more on that. But I'm yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up and basically say that this is highly recommended. Must see. Uh, this Must is, see. This is. Uh, I, I think um. I can go out on a limb and say that for me, it is quite frankly my favorite mm. and I think the best film of the year I so think far. I, I agree. So far, yeah. we'll say so, so far. far. Yeah, but. I think for me, mean. it's a personal thing. Star it's always Wars. a favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 But for me so far this year, I mean, we've had the mm. Avengers, we've had other stuff, but this for me, you just look at it and go, this is a film I want to see again almost immediately. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I, I want to see it again just so I can actually wrap Digest my, head, ar- wrap my yeah. head around some of the stuff that is talked about in mm. the film. It is great stuff. Now, that being said, 
if you're living in Australia. Oh, I was going to, I remember my point. Oh, yeah. I remember my point. Okay. Yeah. I was going to make the point about the, the masterstroke of the Blue Book stuff because at, at the beginning of the movie, it's established that they're going to go undergo, they're going to go into undergo a Turing test. And the kind of thing is like with, with a Turing test, you, you, it's easily passed in today's state, in yeah. today's technology, that Turing tests are easily replicated. Like we can be fooled by a computer like that. Siri passes the the Turing yeah. test. And so what the movie does is one of its other masterstrokes is it just immediately from the get-go establishes, you know, we're not we're not gonna bother with a Turing test. Like we're gonna do another kind. How does she make you feel? Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's like, like because it's like you know she's a machine already. Yeah. You know, and that that's kind of the Well, because the actually there's actually yeah. a line right at the very beginning of the film where it actually says by showing me she's a mm. robot, haven't we already discredited the, the test? Goes, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. By showing you she's a robot and then letting her convince you yeah. that she's real. That's the master that's stroke. That's the master stroke. You yeah. know? It's like you've got to get past the robot part. and Because that's, that's where we are now. And I think that's what distinguishes this movie from... And, all and, the other AI films, done, and I don't think it's know? a I don't think it's a spoiler to say that he actually in the trailer he actually says, "Did you program her to flirt with me?" Yeah, and he says, "Is there a reason that you've made her attractive?" Mm. And he says, "I can't make her a box. Anybody can talk to a box. Yeah, it's whether or not we can actually make that human interaction." Mm. And he goes, "And sexuality yeah. is part of." I that. think th- this is so like something Stanley Kubrick would have watched and gone, "Fuck." This is something you know, I can like, imagine Kubrick making. Yeah, like, exactly. Right? Like it's it's shot kind of Kubrick in a Kubrick way. Like a lot of symmetry say, and a lot of coldness. You, you're always the observer. And, yeah, let but, me just say. But well, I just want to say, like, like, like it reminds me of The Shining in an odd, odd kind of way. You know, in The Shining, it's like the 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 economy of storytelling, where it's like Jack Torrance, get a job, go to the hotel. I want to be a writer. Bang! It's like one job interview opens The and Shining. It's very and much then, like this. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, people listening now who are worrying that we're spoiling the movie don't have anything to worry about because this movie is so economic that it it is in. Yeah. Like, it has a brilliant, brilliant opening scene that establishes a million things at once, wordless, and then Absolutely. you're Absolutely. We, we get prize win, yeah. helicopter yeah. ride, we, land, we've, we're um, You know? It's we, like, I think it's fair to say that in what we've talked about now, we've brought people to, like, the 10-minute mark. Yeah, Ma- pretty Maybe much. not even. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is staggering. And I was saying that- It's the, an absolutely it, masterful, masterful if, script. We should think, mention- like, And everything. It's two just, things. Alex Garland is- this is a remarkably assured film. Yeah. Considering that this is his filmmaking mm-hmm. debut, mm-hmm. he's been a writer for a long time yeah. and a producer. I've been a huge fan of Garland for ages. As a writer, I read um, The Beach a long time ago. He wrote the novel of The Beach. Oh, did he write yeah. the novel? Okay, mm. I thought he just adapted it. No, he wrote the novel and then he adapted into the movie. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so you can tell. And Dread. There last is actually. Year's oh, Dread. Dread. Not last year. Well, a couple, it years, so a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a. Um, there's a, there's actually a problem we have with this film though, which is that it's only showing at the Dendi. Yeah. So if you are in Australia, uh, if you're in all of New South Wales, if you're anywhere in Australia, yeah. you're going to have to travel because this yeah. film is only showing at Newtown Dendi in Sydney. I don't know where it's playing outside of out of sight of uh, Sydney. It uh, had exclusive to Dendi Newtown plastered all over the posters. Yeah, but I'm wondering where it's showing in Melbourne or if it's showing. Oh, yeah, you know, okay, yeah. So in other, you're going to have to look for this film and you mm-hmm. are going to have to dig. I am going to state for the record, this is a film that I would really like I you think, all. I think save your money and just buy the Blu-ray blind. Well, well there's that too. <laughs> the that says, I, I'm going to implore people, mm. please do not download this yeah. film. I want you to go out and either buy the Blu-ray or go to the cinema and see this film. Yeah. This film deserves your money. And at this point in time, it's a very low budget film. It was only 11 million pounds, mm. um, which is about 20, 
$20 million US, or whatever it yeah. is. And it has made its money back, but it's not setting the world on fire. Mm. This film deserves an audience. Yeah. And its distributors in this country have massacred They've it. destroyed it, yeah. They have buried it. It's sad, too, because like I think if this had played mainstream, it would have done really do you know well. What, do you know what? It would have done the, so well. And do you know what the tragedy is? Because it's, it's not It's not like a, a wanker's movie. Like it, it's, no. It's never like up itself or condescending or anything like that. Like It's really entertaining on mm. a surface level. You know, um, we're not talking about like 2001 A Space Odyssey no, 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 where no. like everyone's going to walk it's out. It's not going, a trip, man. Huh? You know, yeah, like it, it it's is just a, it's, a really good movie. It's a like, really good film. And yeah. and the thing is, Universal has buried it. And the thing yeah. is, like I was, I, we're talk, I was talking with Dave before and it's kind of like the Universal music plays at the beginning of the movie and you're in a small art house theater in the middle of nowhere and you're like where well it's not the middle of nowhere it's Newtown, dude well i mean like okay well like Newtown is really like well accessible for us right it's it's not that bad we have to get there it's an hour to get there but i mean like if you lived in newcastle (laughs) you know like if you didn't if you weren't lucky enough to breathe the rarefied air of living in the sydney cbd area you know like then Newtown is kind of the middle of nowhere it's a bitch like you know say you lived in the northern beaches or like you know, you lived well. You'd be pretty well off if you lived in the beaches, but but you know, yeah, you, can you know what I'm saying. Even you know, you know. But I'm saying you you make a valid point. Somebody who lives in Newcastle is not going to get access to this film. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it would be nice if it did get a wider release. And the only thing I can think is they buried it because of something bigger that they were spending their marketing dollars mm. on. And I racked my brains and mm. I came up with two films. Bookending Ex Machina as its release is Fast and the Furious 7 on one side yeah. and Jurassic World on the other side. And so basically Universal right. this got this in the middle and they've just buried it to spend money on the other two films. Yeah. Which is a shame. I think it's a real shame. Now, if you're in the States, I believe it's actually playing a little bit wider than that. Mm. So do go see it. And wherever it opens around, do go see it because it is, it is an extraordinary film. Yeah. And it is well worth your money. And please support this film because mm-hmm. it is well, well worth being supported. Now. Paul Burns from the Sydney Morning Herald, he gave it um, four out of five. It's, but I don't know why. Because he just told the story. Now, can I, can I actually yeah. state almost every review I've yeah. read on it has been four out of five, but they all yeah. give a great review. Yeah. So he said, then go, Paul Burns' review was like, this movie reminded me of Fritz Lang's Metropolis, which also, <laughs> seriously, not, not joking, which had a female uh, robot that aroused um, a lot of audience members. Alex Garman, Alex, Alec Garman. Garman. <laughs> Alex Garland has a very similar feel with this film, and it's, uh, it's very good. I don't think he even said very good. Isn't I, think Paul, he, I think he just said it's playing it in the new town. Isn't Paul Byrne, though, the one that also reviewed Iron Man 1 and the entire review, he, he actually gave it a bad star rating and the entire review was because he didn't, he was mildly obsessed by and, and disturbed by Pepper Potts' shoes. <laughs> So I don't have a no, lot. I, I, I can't say for the listeners like that. I know Paul Burns and stuff. I only just flicked through. I the, don't the know Spectrum Paul Burns personally. I don't. I've never I, really read his reviews. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know if this is indicative of anything. Yeah. But the the I just remember the Iron Man review was particularly like, what the hell are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move on. Because the first movie that came to mind when I watched this was Fritz Lang's Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to move on. We're going to say that uh, I highly recommend this and mm. I would recommend this to everyone. I think this is a great film. My son, who is uh, just about to turn 16, he is dying to see yeah. this film. So I'm going to probably have to make another trek out to Newtown to take him out to see it because I want to see it again. I'm dying to see it again. So um, I, um, we will I would have walked back right back into it if I had a choice in it. <laughs> like, really? 
Fair enough. All right. But I so, mean, like, it was either watch it again or spend that time traveling. You know, yeah. so <laughs> we decided to spend that time traveling. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap this up because we do want to get into spoilers and talk about spoilers. But we have one more story just because we can. And this story, this story, not related to Ex Machina, let me tell you. What do you do with your loved one's ashes? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this story came up on Gizmodo. A company... Uh, Called, uh, where is it? Where is it? The company is called, uh, oh, I can't find the company company name. The product is called 21 Grams. Uh, Milan Design, it was shown at Milan 21 Design. 21 Grams. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> That's cute. It's, a, it's, a yeah. It's, a, it's basically an art piece, but let's face it, this is brilliant. The artist was Mark Sturkenboom, and basically it is a dildo with an urn in it. <laughs> so after your loved one has passed on, you put their ashes inside the dildo <laughs> and... Have some fun. You can continue to love your loved one forever and a day. All right? I think that is absolutely brilliant. Wow. <laughs> All right. So if you agree or disagree with anything that we've had to say today on the show, you may send your feedback to feedback at geekactually.com. You can drop us a voicemail at 0280114167 or at geekactually uh, is at the Skype ID geekactually, all one word. If you love comic books, listen to our other show, Behind the Panels at behindthepanels.net. Love podcasts, podcast pillow for it at podcastpillowfort.com. It's a podcast about podcasts, funnily enough. Uh, find these great shows, get our merchandise, join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, do all these sort of things, go to geekactually.com. Find more Dave at damngoodcup.com or on Twitter at Dave Longo. Find more of me at geekactually.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. I think that's it. Dave, do you have anything more to add to this? It's a shame she won't live. (laughs) But then again... Who does? (laughs) Stay listening after the music for a spoiler-filled section. Geek on, everybody. Thanks, Dave. Attention! <laughs> Attention! <laughs> so, this brings us to our spoiler section for mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Now, if you are still listening, you've seen the film and you're ready to be spoiled. If you have not seen mm-hmm. the film, even if you think you don't mind spoilers, stop listening. Yeah. Okay? Because part of the joy of this film is really the reveals. Yeah. Now, that all being said, Dave, oh my God, fuck. (laughs) Can I I say, I think um, that this has, I'm sorry, Chappie, but this is the better stabbing robot film. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, things do get a bit stabby by the end. Um, So basically, we can now talk about the plot a little bit. Mm -hmm. Can I just tell you, I did not see it coming. No. Not the final result. So... Well, there's so much going on in the air of it. It's hard to really pick. Well, absolutely. Yeah. When you look at the when you look at the plot line, you sit there and go, and and you see this in the trailer where you go, okay, so he's brought out to run, to basically conduct Turing tests on this new AI. As it goes on, you start to doubt yourself because you don't think is he being tested mm. by her rather. And in the trailer, they kind of make it look like that maybe the plot line is that they're trying to establish her as whether or not she can truly fool him. But it goes even further than that. I mean, it goes on to the point where she is plotting against both of them. Once you start getting to those elements of like seeing like the previous incarnations of the robot and how he treats the, how he treated the other robots and the movie starts, what they start talking about, like um, Ava's asking Caleb, like, 
what happens to me when mm. when I'm when I'm done? Am I am I shut down? And then you learn what happens to them, and it's like whoa. Yeah. What 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 is that like? Like when he goes to open when he steals um Nathan's key card. Yeah. And starts to open everything and look through everything and and looking and, through his files at the video. Yeah. Clips and opening and all the cabinets. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing what's remains yeah. of all the robots and stuff like that. And you that's going, where you start to go. Well, something something more is going on here than. And there's also there's a, there's inclinations earlier, but that's where you start to get the first like cemented. And the one we haven't talked like, about at all is the Japanese assistant. Yeah, which um, they blew in the trailer, which was like insane. Except you can't really tell it's her face. Ah, but anyway, yeah. But I mean, like, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's the only there's only two there's only two women in the movie, and there's only four, yes. there's only four characters total. Yeah. And the Japanese assistant, who early on we establish, mm. but you get she's a robot kind of quick though. There's a certain turning point, and yeah. I think for me, what was your turning point for her? So basically, mm-hmm. in the film, we established that she is his servant, mm-hmm. and she doesn't speak English because that way he can talk uh, business without uh, being spoiled, mm-hmm. without it be- getting out of the, the premises. Yeah. But you start to realize that she, there's a little bit more to her than just being an assistant. She yeah. has sex with him. Mm-hmm. She hangs around naked at certain points. Yeah. You know, it's like there's something more about this character, and. When I think for me the turning point in where I where I went yeah okay I've locked into this now first of all we establish early on that Ava could have sex yeah and so you start going okay so we could have a sex bot mm-hmm. right but it's where she's staring like she's got a hole which has sensors which has in it. pleasure yeah. receptors and if you use it she will be pleasured yeah uh, but I think it's for me the moment where I re- where I went yeah she there's something about her she's a robot is where. Ethan comes in. Ethan? Nathan. Nathan. Nathan comes in and sh- and looks at her and she's looking at the Jackson Pollock painting. Mm-hmm. And then she immediately starts to disrobe like this is what I'm supposed to do right now. Yeah. And she's going, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And then they start dancing. Yeah. And the dance moves are in sync with each other and, yeah. and, and you start going, there's something going on yeah. here. This is yeah. this is not right. You, you know? kind of get the inclination really soon. I yeah. Mean, really quick. But then, it, then it's kind of, I think it's also uh, like wish fulfillment too. Because you would love that to be the the reveal, mm. and it's kind of like he's so smart a writer and director that it's like he knows that's the reveal you want. You yeah, know? and so when you get it, it's a relief, you know, in a way. It's <laughs> like, yeah, especially when you start to hear all the other stuff, like the the sexual fetishes and the mm. and all the other stuff that goes into how Nathan created these these robots. There's actually yeah. a point in the film where I think you actually start to think that. It's not Nathan. I'm talking. I'm talking about uh, Caleb. Uh, Caleb. Yeah. Caleb's character. When Caleb walks in the room and she starts to dress. Yeah. There's actually she there, doesn't understand what's going on. Really. It's no. Like, she just goes. That's what I'm programmed yeah, to do. Yeah. You know. But there is actually a moment in the film where Caleb starts to actually doubt whether, wonder whether he is a robot. Yeah. I mean, we get to that point. I mean, that's how clever this yeah. film is. And there's that point where he cuts his arm open mm-hmm. to make sure he's still human. Yeah. You know. And you, it's like. This is just fascinating stuff because he's starting to doubt himself. Yeah, because she is so real, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, this is. Um, there are moments in this film where you just sit there going, "I didn't see that coming." Yeah, and I think that and it's kind of the, the, like it's so interesting because there's a lot of those moments of like I didn't see it coming. And then there's a lot of moments for me on my end where it's like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to happen." Mm. Like. Like, uh, there's this kind of, like, I can get the sense a lot of people might find it predictable to a certain degree. Like, yeah, the robot uh, kills the captor and escapes. And it's like the... But it's how. You know, like, that it's how, exactly yeah. right. And it's like, and the kind of thing is, like, um, a friend of mine who walked out of it, uh, he said that he found it all predictable. Like, in a negative way. And I was like, I don't know, I thought, I thought like, that, that was the only way it could have went. 
like otherwise it would not have been realistic to AI. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have made thematic sense. Look, the the predictable like, ending would have been that their plan succeeded. Yeah. Even if even if Nathan gets killed, or Nathan reveals himself to be a robot, or and it's whatever, like you pass the or town. or at the end of it. He breaks her out, and the two mm. of them get away together. Yeah, but it's just, I'll, it's, I'll it's, the, it, right? it's the knee-jerk reaction of like, like um, it's been done before. It's mm. been done before. It's like people have to f- to find a problem, you know, to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas it's kind of like, yeah, I guess AI has been talked about once or twice in a movie. Well, AI is a pretty you know? hot topic. Yeah, so, yeah you, you know. know? Um, but I don't think it's ever been done this realistic or this accurate mm. or. or this meaningful. It's interesting. Play. I listened to an interview yeah. with Alex Garland uh, just before we did the show, actually, where he was actually saying that he's 44 years old and he grew up. He's so he's my my age mm-hmm. bracket, and he actually grew up using basic computers when he was very very young, mm. same as me, and growing with the computer with the tech. And he's saying yeah. it's 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 an enviable age in a way because you're kind of growing with the tech, whereas younger audience members may actually look at it from a point of view where they've never known anything other than having computers. Yeah. And so they sit there and they go, well, I'm not quite sure if, you know, and in their minds, they're sitting there going, yeah, I see all that AI. It's all really predictable. But when you actually think about growing up with it and coming along with Mm -hmm. it and that fascination with it and, and how, even the simplest programs back in the 80s on a TRS-80 computer could have felt like artificial intelligence mm. where you type in a request and it returns an answer. You go, wow, it's thinking, you know? Yeah. And yeah. He, he talks about that a lot in his interview. And he talks about the fact that that we've come so far now that, that what seemed like AI is actually AI now, you know? Mm. And so and we're seeing more and more of that, that conclusion mm. of the story that started. 30 totally, years ago, yeah. you know, and we're, we're getting to, we're getting close. And it's really interesting with this as well, because where the movie ends, it kind of ends where we are now, like in a way, like it, maybe we're a little bit far off. Like, we're a little bit far off. I don't we're think- not, we're not like, I think we're like five years off. From we're this. not, we don't have an AI to the complexity of, we don't have robotics to the complexity of Ava yeah. yet. But the kind but, of thing is like Ava, I think it, it, you can read her in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's still very difficult, even when you come out of the movie to, to make a complete uh, like judgment mm. on Ava, like does Ava really feel? Yeah, and and that's kind of like Alice Garland never makes it clear, which is an, also another brilliant thing because it's like that's why we're we're having this Turing test the whole time. It's like Ava is she really a human? And the movie makes the whole big point of like the Pollock painting and the the black and white world and the color world and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's like where the movie leaves you is what Ava Ava leaves. She gets on the helicopter and she goes and she goes to her, um, her traffic crosslink. Uh, yeah. cro- cross but the kind of thing is like, what does Ava actually know about being a human? Yeah. And it's like, well, Ava is just a photocopy of a human. Uh, the creators and the programmers can't even today make. She's a child. She's a child. She's but learning. Yeah, she's just a program, hmm. really. And it's kind of like that the program fools us all, but it's still not. What we what makes us us? Mm. Here's I don't a, know. Here's it's so interesting. interesting. There's a, such an interesting conversation to be had about. Here's it. Here's an interesting thought for you, and this was actually brought to my attention last night. All the way through the film, they keep dropping to uh, Ava interview day one, mm-hmm. Ava interview day two. Mm-hmm. When they come up to the last slide, she's not being interviewed. Yeah, it says interview day whatever, but she yeah. never gets interviewed. Yeah, she interviews. Uh, the Asian robot. Mm-hmm. She talks to them and we're seeing, and it's all about the, the final act. Yeah. But 
it's interesting they bring up that slide about her being interviewed or the interview, mm. but it's not actually her that's being interviewed. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating. I think when you actually look at it and go, yeah, who was interviewing who this whole yeah. time? You know, it wasn't actually, I don't and think. And it's that kind of thing. It's like, like she's, she's not, at the end of the movie, she's no longer clearly a machine. No. And I think what's really interesting yeah. is ultimately what the film comes down to and what Nathan was testing for mm. was to see whether or not Ava could convince. Um, Caleb? Gleason, Caleb, yeah, yeah. to help her escape. Yeah, I mean that's effectively what it comes down to. Yeah, w- would so. she win yeah. him over? But of course, yeah. he w- wasn't actually supposed to go through with it. No, but it was to that point where, where would he betray everything to get her out? Yeah, right? that's kind of the ultimate Turing test. Yeah, right. She wins him over. Right. However, what is remarkable about this film and the conclusion of this film is the fact that she's playing them. Mm. And so she plays Caleb yeah. to a point where he organizes the escape, but she it's she's actually multitasking that mm. out by enlisting the Asian robot yeah. to then lock them both away in their own ways. And I mean, with Nathan's death and with Caleb being locked away so that she can walk away. Mm. And that's just fascinating. And you yeah. go, so all this time she was just playing them yeah. to get her own way. You know, it's like, and, and, and you know, you don't get a sense of that. One of the other things that's like really sticking in my mind that I can't, I'm dying to see it again to like, to really right. digest this all, but it's kind of like, is there some kind of comment sort of that, that what makes us human is not essential to us being human? It, like, like, what's the sort of go there? Like, if if we create an artificial intelligence that that fools everybody so accurately, but yet we've done it without knowing what what it was that's the human element. Uh-huh. Like, what's the human element in robotics? It's a very good question. And and what's <clears throat> what's the need of it if we don't know what it is? Well, one of the questions that the one of the, the like, it's, que- I don't know if that's the point because there's that whole thing about the Jackson Pollock thing, and it's like. I think that's intentional, like the, to use that painting, obviously, because he has that spiel, mm. you know, about like the drip, and it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, oh, at the end of the day, what makes us humans just a bunch of shit on a wall? Like that's yeah, that's, but, no, that's not also, the intention, but that's just one way to read it. It was like, actually a combination you know, of a few things because he also. I think talks, you're supposed to ask these questions. I don't think I don't think Garland gives you. Garland an will answer. never no. Garland never yeah, answers yeah, yeah. any of this, but he also has that wonderful spiel about the fact that. When he talks about you can't just have AI in a box, you can't mm. just talk to it, sexuality plays a part. Yeah. And because that's the yes. way humans interact with yeah. each other. There is actually an element mm. that has to be addressed, which mm. is that we, part of the way we interact with each other is attraction, is yeah. sexuality, is flirting, you know, and all that. So it can't just mm. be a voice. It has to yeah. be a physical thing that you find attractive. Yeah. And then you find that kind of stuff where it's like she, she develops her own sense of what she finds attractive i guess yeah when she's uh, i'll wear this on our date yeah because you know, because like i think they do they kind of establish like like she fa- sees that uh that um nathan is the father figure like they kind of established that because i think nathan says well i'm clearly the father and yeah I'm clearly she the father. sees me yeah. as the father and also yeah. i think it's really interesting that it is, is it's, it's fairly well established that nathan treats her badly Mm. But on purpose. Yes, yeah. He treats her badly on purpose. It's part of her personality. Yeah. So that she will be attracted to Caleb. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So because otherwise she would be attracted to Nathan because Mm. that is the only male that she knows. And I mean, like, it's just like the kind of conversations you can have after this movie are amazing. There's like so much depth to it. 
We could go on for ages. Can I tell you really? the part that made me squirm though mm. was the knifing of Nathan. Oh yeah. How slow and and cold cold and, it yeah. was. There's no stabbing. Yeah. It was just the knife just and the way slid they, into they, it. They you play know? it. It's like he has this like moment where he's just kind of like, of course that's what's going to happen. Mm. Like like it's almost as if on Nathan's face you can read like. I shouldn't have played God, and yeah, I, sh- I, like, I, sh- I, and some part of me this was coming, and there's okay. part of him which is just kind of going, yeah. "Oops." Yeah, he just sits down and just sort of like it's the look on his yeah. face. You know what it is? It's the look on his face when he sees her in the hallway. Yeah, it's like she's out. He's like, "What have I done?" Yeah, and it's like, yeah. and as soon as we find out that she's unlocked the door, the first mm. thing he does is grabs a weapon. Yeah, so he knows that as soon as she's out, there's a problem. Mm. And the yeah. robots are as fragile as humans in this film. Like, more yeah. fragile. I mean, the more fact fragile. that I mean, yeah. easily broken apart, you know? And there's so much stuff. Like, one thing I keep loving is, like, that the the location of the compound. And, mm. and, like, it's, like, the guy who creates the artificial intelligence is the one that's ostracized himself. And locked himself and he doesn't, away. he doesn't even live with any other humans. He's no. all entirely on his own. Like, and even the helicopter, yeah. he says, this is as close as I'm yeah, allowed, as I'm to, allowed to go. You know? You know? Um, um, and there's, there's one moment I'm dying the reason why i'm dying to see it again is we didn't get a chance to discuss this either is like um you know the moment at the end where caleb's locked in the room and, yeah, yeah. and she's decided to leave and like when she gets into the elevator and closes the door i, I did you see like her eyes welling up I in didn't that notice. moment no, like I didn't there notice. was a glistening in her eyes in that moment and i don't know if if i just saw that in the movie but I was trying to think, is this the first moment that the robot cried? Or like does the robot have exhibit the ability a true emotion. to cry? And it's like like is is like is is she kind of aware that she's shutting off I'm not I guess, sure. I'm yeah, not I sure. No, I don't know. I'd have to see the film again yeah. to actually I wasn't watching I that really moment as, yeah, as closely really, as I yeah. should. I didn't actually it didn't occur to me, but I I will look yeah. for that next time yeah. I see I'm this. I'm really film. looking forward to seeing if it's just maybe they left it in there or if, if it just it's not there. Anybody or, still listening, we're, we're assuming that you've seen the film. At I hope point. you have. Please, yeah. l- drop us some feedback or yeah. or drop us voicemail. We'd love to hear what you think about this because yeah. this film was, it was profound. I'm still digesting. It was profound it, yeah. for me. Yeah. It, was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And and you sit there watching it just going, this is this is something I have, I quite literally, this yeah. is something I've never seen before. Yeah. You know, and I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that you just look at it going, yes, we have seen stuff like it yeah. before. Yes, we have seen concepts like it before, yeah. but the film is truly unique. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I love it all entirely. Like, it, you could go on forever, but it's just like the fact that he communicated so much about the world and how, where we are with with two humans and a robot in a, in a room. Mm. Like, that's essentially what it is. Like, if this if this movie didn't have famous people in it and it didn't have a lot of CGI effects. Say they did it like Star Trek The Next Generation style. They just painted a girl. Right. You know, like th- this would have cost like a few thousand dollars. Hmm. Like it really could have been done on a couple of weekends with a um, bit of After Effects. <laughs> no, really, it, it wouldn't could have. have. Been, it wouldn't have been the same film though. Because No, think, of course it wouldn't no. have. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying the, no, how but, small but the movie is. Th- but what yeah, I'm thinking yeah. though is, it wouldn't have worked in that way, though. No, Why? Because you got to pass the Turing test of, of you Ava. You had herself. to believe Ava. Yeah, you had to yeah. believe her. Yeah. You know. But I'm I'm just saying that the the laurels that you can rest on this movie. It's like the achievements are so huge. It's like it doesn't take a shit ton of money. Mm. It doesn't take like a lot of like um fucking advertising dollars to make the movie. Although like a few it, more advertising yeah. dollars might have been nice. Well, yeah, but, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, I'm I'm just saying it's like the like the idea is and. 
the intelligence of these people is, are out there. You yeah, know? it's like, like I think this is this is like, a stellar this achievement. Is such a fucking amazing movie. It's like, this is a stellar achievement in film, and and I just look at it and go, I just I hope more people go see it. Yeah, I want it to be successful. I want Garland. to I have, want the poster on my wall, man. Yeah, you know. I yeah. want to post to her. She's just. I want to reel her. Like, well, <laughs> well, 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 there's that. But no, like, no, no. I just, I just meant like, you know, what would be cool. Like the bust, the bust. Yes, the, sir. The head, the head and the, the shoulders, head. like, would yeah, be yeah. really cool. Like, you know, you could put that on on the wall over here. Remember, they did it with the robot and iRobot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you bought the DVD, you could have what's the robot's name? Uh, the guy from Firefly. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I know you're yeah. talking. I just don't remember yeah. what the name of the robot was. Now, hold on. Sunny? No. Something like that. It was something, something like silly that. like that. Yeah, let's look it up. Like, ah, we got, yeah. funny we had an interconnected yeah. group of computers. We could look these things. And up. I mean, I think it's it's an iconic movie robot, and it, and like it looks kind of similar to the ones in iRobot, but it's completely. Oh, different. Oh, I don't think it looks like it's the completely robot. different. No, just the sort of the faceplate and the. Yeah. I don't think so, but I think it's just, this is an iconic movie robot for the ages. I think. All right, so the the robot's name is, uh, yeah, Sunny. Hey, yeah, there you go. Damn. Hey, go. Um, well done, sir. Yeah. Well played. I think we're going to wrap this up because yeah, we've got we uh, Richard waiting in the uh, wings to uh, do behind the panels. So we should wrap this up. We are an hour and a half in. Oh, so, shit. Well, close to an hour and a half. So we'll wrap this up and just say, look, guys, go see this movie. Mm-hmm. It is well worth seeing it. Um, you will not regret the, the travel to Newtown. If you could. Yeah. <laughs> unless you, if unless you're listening you... to it now and you haven't seen it, shame on you. Yeah, and we yeah. just spoiled everything for yeah. you. So yeah. anyway, uh, so we're gonna get out of here. Oh, can I just quickly one more thing? One more time. I think the fucking soundtrack is unreal, the and the photography. Yeah. Both. And, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Overall package is great. Yeah. Now we're gonna we're gonna finish up. Last time we did a spoiler, we just ended the film. I mm. uh, ended the show, and it felt really awkward. And I thought we'll, we'll finish this off because I've actually got a little piece of music queued up. Ah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, from Star Trek Five, actually. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is an yeah, iconic right. piece of music from yeah. Star Trek Five. Yeah. I say that. I, I say that completely sarcastically. Uh, it's a track called The Moon's Window to Heaven. <laughs> and if this sounds like Star Trek to you, then you're from another universe. Yeah. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. We'll Bye, see you in everyone. two weeks. <laughs>